Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation on this Lenten night is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. Listen to verse 39. Going a little farther, Jesus fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So far, our text. What a nasty winter it has been thus far. The sun-shortened days seem to creep along at a tortoise pace, don't they? I'm tired of COVID, and I know you're tired of it too. And those two weeks of 20 below that we just survived, well, that was just insult added to injury, wasn't it? You know what I've been dreaming about lately? Robins. I would love just to hear a robin as I leave the house in the morning, or even see one. I can't wait to forward my clock ahead. I want to see sidewalks again. I want to see the pieces of my lawn that have been wearing white camouflage since November. And you're not going to believe this, but one of our local TV weather persons actually had the audacity and the foolishness or maybe the raw courage to utter these two words during a live broadcast this past week. They whispered, early spring. <laughs> it does seem impossible, doesn't it? You know, almost too much to hope for in early uh, spring, especially if you have one of these, if you have a green thumb. And if your passion is getting uh, on your knees and getting your hands dirty in that flower garden of yours. And I know you can dream a little bit and you can almost picture it and, and smell it and, and somehow taste it blissfully strolling through that private Eden of yours enjoying the kaleidoscopic hues of your favorite blossoms, azaleas and daffodils and hydrangea, irises, morning glories, and philodendrons. Oh yes, an early spring would be nice. It would get that flower garden of yours off to a great start. You can see it. Everything will be gorgeous. Come on, spring. But at the risk of throwing some good black dirt on your little piece of paradise, did you know that that flower garden of yours can be a dangerous and even a deadly place? It's true, because every one of the flowers that I just listed is also a poisonous plant. They're all quite toxic. I looked them up online. Well, I'm going to a lot of trouble tonight to point out that something as innocent looking as a flower garden can potentially be a lethal place. And I want you to keep that in mind as our Lenten journey this evening takes us to a garden, a very famous garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. Historians can't tell us a whole lot about Gethsemane, but we do know some things. We know that it was located near the Jerusalem temple, just outside the city gates on the lower slopes of the Mount of Olives. And since the word Gethsemane means olive press, 
It's a good bet that this particular spot did have its share of olive trees. We also know that Jesus would use this place as a, a place of prayer on more than one occasion. And it would have been a quiet spot, uh, a spot hidden from the crowds and the Pharisees where Jesus could escape and, and relax and let his guard down. But not on the evening of our text. No, on that Monday, Thursday, this garden was nothing like a quiet getaway at all. It was a dangerous and a deadly place. Remember all those poisonous flowers that I mentioned? Well, every single one of them is harmless to the touch or, or to hold or to handle. But if you put enough of them in a blender and crush them up and strain the juices into a cup, you would have a potent and deadly drink indeed. And there was an equally deadly potion waiting for Jesus that night. Beneath Gethsemane's branches, a toxic and poisonous brew. Listen to Jesus as he talks about this drink in verse 42 of our text. Jesus prays and says, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. In the garden, Jesus holds a cup in his hands, and it's filled to the brim. It's the cup of a startling betrayal. It's the cup of mind-blowing suffering. It's the cup of an oh-so-slow and agonizing death on a Roman cross. It's a cup that's filled, though, with the very fair and completely just punishment that every one of your sins and every one of my sins deserved. And those sins and their consequences surely had nothing to do uh, with Jesus. They're ours. And he knows this full well. But to drink or not to drink, that's the Monday Thursday question. To live or to die, to go through with his mission or to return safely to heaven, to save us or save himself. That's what Jesus is thinking about, and that's what he's praying about, and that's what he's agonizing over in that lonely garden. That's the cup that Jesus has uh, poised to his lips, wondering if he can indeed tip his head back and drink it down or not. You know, it's more than ironic that the predicament in which Jesus finds himself in on Monday, Thursday, was the result of another predicament in another garden long ago. And this garden was also a beautiful place. This garden also seemed to be so serene uh, and safe. But there was a tree, there was a plant in this garden far more deadly than any greenery the world has ever known. Its fruit actually contained Two types of death, physical death and eternal, spiritual death. Sample this fruit and you would also taste God's burning anger and righteous punishment and then separation from your creator forever. 
And I'll bet the farm that Adam and Eve, they tried to spit that pulpy mess from their mouths when they took their very first bite. And I'll wager that snake lied. I'll wager it wasn't so sweet after all, but sour and bitter and rancid and wormy. I can't imagine sin and death tasting any other way. One bite filled with a poisonous venom that thrives on human DNA and then passed down throughout all the generations and quite at home in every human heart, a poison that takes its own sweet time in doing its job, sometimes a whole lifetime, but always results in death. Arsenic, chloroform, and strychnine are the names of some truly nasty and deadly poisons. But did you know that every one of those poisons has an antidote? It's true. Arsenic is cured by ingesting zinc sulfate or mustard or magnesia. Those who inhale chloroform can be revived by an injection of whiskey or ammonia. I'll take the former, thank you. And the antidote for strychnine is ingesting tannin or charcoal. Good to know, isn't it? But what would be even better to know is the antidote for your sin. Do you see that antidote? On one day, Thursday, he's there. He's beneath the olive trees. He's on his knees. He's praying. Take a good look because he's God's own son isn't he? He's perfect. He's pure. He's sinless. But he's also in a world of hurt. He's anguishing. Sweat pours from his face and, and waters the garden. There's a cup in his hands. And it's filled with suffering and death. It's filled with your sins and my sins. If Jesus drinks it, he will be falsely accused of treason and sentenced to death. If Jesus drinks it, the Roman soldiers will flay the skin off of his back. If he drinks it, he will find himself crudely nailed and crucified between two criminals. If he drinks it, he will die one of the slowest and most painful deaths ever devised by humankind. If he drinks it, If he drinks it, he will die and you will live. To drink or not to drink. To live or to die. To save himself or to save us. That's what Jesus wrestles with in the garden. And it would have been so easy for him simply to have walked away from it all that night. The disciples wouldn't have noticed. They were obliviously sound asleep. They'd never see him leave. With a word, with a blink of a divine eye, with a mere thought, Jesus could have transported himself back to the heavenly halls, his heavenly throne, not much worse for wear. Escape would have been easy. But that's not what happens in the garden. Jesus stays and Jesus prays, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And the Lord of life takes that deadly cup and he puts it to his lips and he tilts his head and he drinks it down every last drop. 
And then Judas arrives. And the suffering begins. And Jesus dies. And you are saved. What wondrous love. What wondrous love indeed is found for you and for me in the garden. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.